Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we're here tonight, to, as always, to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Tonight, specifically, we're going to be discussing Agent Carter, Season 2, Episode 4, Smoke and Mirrors. It was a good one. It was a good one. It was a... I would say it's the most Jarvelous episode so far. Ha <laughs> ha, Jarvelous. That was pretty good. Jarvis, uh, Jarvis drugged was good. Um... <laughs> It was funny. I really liked this episode a lot. Uh, just all around was it probably my like favorite were, episode of the season. It felt like they were really getting into the groove of like of what the season was supposed to be about. Yeah, and like they're just they're pushing the story forward, and they're doing what they're supposed to do, and just making good television. Yeah, and and we'll we'll, we'll dig into it more in the spoiler section. But like uh, the way they used flashbacks in this episode was really cool. Really, really cool. I like that they alternate it. We'll, we'll talk more about it. Yeah, later. yeah. We'll talk about it in the spoiler <laughs> section. But I, I thought it was just really well done. Um, so that's a little teaser for a little later. We're going to get into the spoiler section. Uh, but first, we have news. What do we got, Mr. Randall? Things in the world of news. Clearly. Have you heard? Um, so we know coming up, uh, what is it, next year? May 5th next year? May 5th. May 5th next year is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume mm-hmm. two, or Star Lord and Drax Day. Yep. Whenever, uh, whenever that comes out, that means that the movie has been made. But in order to make the movie, they first have to practice things. Yes. That practice started recently. Yes, that. So heard. the they ball is rolling. Did their first table read? They did their first table read, and James Gunn said that he has never had more fun at a table read. I ever. bet. I bet. I bet. I bet. The cast seems super fun. Uh, in general, but this movie, this content, I oh mean, I'm just so excited. I, well, I mean, it's the one that started us off. It is. It's the sequel to the one that started it's, us off. It may be one of, I mean, it's up there. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, honestly. Uh, it's, it's, it's top of MCU for me and I'm, I'm really, really pumped to see the volume two. God, I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it like probably, probably <laughs> it a year. It has been too long. It has. It has. It's Let's do a rewatch. No, wait, we've got too much going on. Yeah, but I can just watch it in my own time. It doesn't have to be for the cast. No, it has to. <laughs> it absolutely has to. Oh, Guardians is so good. Cool. Well, that's awesome that they're getting started. I feel like the uh, the movie is coming to be. It's like a becoming more and more real every day. Yep. Um, there have also been uh, there have also been a couple of tweets about you know the the table read happening and James Gunn's posting all over um, all over Twitter about it. Um, one of the things that has been said recently uh, in just like talks like Facebook Q&A and things like that and, and in uh, tweets is that anytime somebody's screwing up a scene, screwing up a line, whatever, he points at Dave Bautista, at Drax, and it's just like, there's your example of good acting. Do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that because... <laughs> If you think about it, you don't want everybody to emulate Drax. No. Because he's way too serious. Well, it's also well known that Dave Bautista is not really an actor. Yeah. Uh, and Dave Bautista said so uh, in interviews for the first Guardians. He was like, yeah, they asked me to do this. And it just like, it, it basically works out because in the movie he doesn't have to act. He doesn't yeah. have to emote. He just has to be serious. Yeah. Which be is the character. Exactly. And he, 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 his particular brand of acting is perfect for that character. <laughs> He was in a uh, Spectre as well. Yeah, uh, but he pretty much just played a physical presence. You know, he did very little emoting in that as well. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's, he's good at not emoting. Yeah. He's good at being a physical being. That is a skill set all its own. Have you seen his traps? Like, and every other musculature? Yeah. That's a skill set. Yeah. No, he's got, he's, got, he's got a particular set of skills. <laughs> uh. Makes him a nightmare for people like other wrestlers. <laughs> Things like that. Pause for a second. Can I just say, I am too full. I am too full. Well, we ate healthy tonight. We had a really healthy meal before we did the cast. But man, my girlfriend made some turkey burgers and I ate just like maybe one too many turkey burger patties with lots of spinach and whoo. <laughs> you did go a little bit nuts. I wasn't I even did. I didn't even notice. I was very hungry. That you were just like consuming all of the turkey. I, well, I did. I ate a lot of turkey. Protein. Ha. Take on protein, my. Tell right. you what, bro. That's right. <laughs> what else so, we got? Uh, Continuing the uh, the the table read stuff, the the guardians stuff. There's there's been a lot of that with like everybody tweeting. Uh, Chris Pratt particularly tweeted a um, or no he he posted on Instagram, not twi- Twitter. Um, he said it's three twenty a.m. I get picked up for work at six forty five a.m. yesterday. I'm not good with math, especially after being up for approximately 61 hours, but I think I've been up for over 77 hours. I did a table read for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 this morning, and then shot all day on Passengers, and just now wrapped some 144 hours later. Weirdly, both films, which I'll be shooting back-to-back, are being shot in Atlanta at Pinewood Studios. We have the best crew. Total rock stars busting their asses. And the stuff we're shooting? My God, I can't wait for you to see it. I go back in in about eight hours to do more, I'm doing what I love. It doesn't feel like work, even though it is. I'm having fun. I'm overcome with joy and gratitude. I felt like posting this to say to anyone out there chasing your dream. 15 years ago, I felt the same passion I feel today, but I had very little opportunity. I had to hustle hard and go hungry. I had to eat sardines and figure out how to get gas money. And I never had a, I never had a plan B. I never stopped believing. Ever. Don't give up. Apply constant pressure for as long as it takes. It will break before you do. Go get it. I like it. Really inspirational. That is very inspirational. Thank you, Chris Pratt. <laughs> Makes you tear up, doesn't it? Yeah, man. Just a little Especially bit. Especially, my goal is to look like look like him. So, that's, uh, that's go get I, it. I got to put the right amount of pressure on it. Go get it. Apply pressure. It will break before I do. Is it my body in this situation? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> We'll say it's the task. The task. The, right, the, the task wall. will break. The wall, the wall will break. break. All right. So anyway, moving on down. Let's get into. Let's. You want to. You want to talk about some Netflix? I would love stuff? to. We got a lot about Netflix this week. Yeah, we do. There's um, so much coming. So yeah. Well, you remember last time we talked? Um, Scott Buck was named as the showrunner for Iron Fist. Um, he did a lot of episodes of Dexter. Well. One of the or one of the writers from Dexter and Jessica Jones and the following, Mr. Scott Reynolds, updated his Twitter bio recently to include Iron Fist, like include a credit for Iron Fist on Netflix. So it looks like uh, another another Dexter alum. Yep. And Jessica Jones alum yep. and the following, which I love the following. That's a good show. I have not seen it yet. I saw I think I saw every episode. It was really, really good. And. Really disturbing. <laughs> Might really be why I disturbing. avoided it. Oh man, it's a uh, it messed it messed me up sometimes. But seeing that list of Dexter, Jessica Jones, and the following makes me think Iron Fist is going to be pretty dark. 
I mean, it's already been pretty. The Netflix series, like, well, I feel the, like the Netflix they U have been dark in general. Have uh, been really gritty. I guess for some reason I was thinking Iron Fist seemed like more of a brighter character, but that I really don't know anything about the character. Just like looking at him, he looks brighter because he's all got all that yellow, he's and yellow stuff. and green. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but but you know, I guess I just don't know anything about the character, so we'll see. You'll find out. Oh, I will. I yes. Will. So, um, speaking of the character, Mike Coulter has said in a recent interview that Danny Rand, Daniel Rand, the the Iron Fist, Iron Fist, yeah, has already been cast and is being kept in a basement somewhere until they let him up. I like it, and he doesn't know when, he doesn't know where, but then when they're going to announce it, and but Mike Coulter be great. does know. He does he know that. He has been cast. He didn't say anything about knowing who he is. It's true. It's true. He probably knows. He probably knows. I mean, Iron Fist and Luke Cage are best friends. They probably did some screen tests together and things. I would Very assume. likely. But yeah, that's, that's cool. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll hear that. I'm sure we'll hear about that soon. I'm really excited too. So elsewhere, <clears throat> excuse me, elsewhere in uh, in Marvel Netflix land, uh, John Bernthal had a recent interview saying that. His version of the Punisher that he's that he's pulling down for everyone to see completely skips likability and is entirely unapologetic for what he does. Like so it. the character's not going to be liked. He's not going for that. If you are a fan of the Punisher, then you'll probably like him because he's staying true to how the character is. I really like that. I like I like the idea of a. Uh, especially Punisher, given that character just being like screw like ability, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do what I think is you know, right, uh, do what I think needs to be done, um, and I like that that's going to set him at odds with Daredevil. Yeah, well, I mean, at it, least in part. In part, he said he said in the interview, like I'm gonna quote him real quick. He said, "It's not a superhero show; it's a show about a human being going through unbelievable circumstances." Um, he, talking about Charlie Cox, created a completely nuanced and rich character. I think that was my job here, was to try to get to the bottom of why this man is on this mission that he's on, and to delve into that as fully as I possibly could. Mm. Man. So, like, I'm assuming that John Bernthal went out, like, found a family to love, and, then, <laughs> like, had them killed. <laughs> or, you know, they something happened to them. And then hunted himself. And then hunted other people down. <laughs> Just to say, you know, you're a criminal. Had to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probable, probable. He had to find uh, the bottom of that well. He's a method actor. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he's not. I like. I like how he says that that he's uh, skips likability and he's he's going he's going to be completely unapologetic, uh, and he seems to be excited about that idea because I think John Bernthal as an actor, uh, his characters are never very likable. <laughs> yeah. So I like I think maybe he's always kind of that asshole. Maybe he maybe he finds himself comfortable with that like, well, at least in this one this is how I'm supposed to be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I I guess is the case with most of his most of the roles I've seen him in anyway. Yeah. He's yeah. always kind of just that asshole that Yeah, he um he went on to say further, I think these writers were courageous enough to not do anything as a half measure and be bold enough to lose the audience if necessary, and to go full out and not worry about whether people will abandon the character or not, and trust <laughs> that within later episodes we can win them back. Wow, that's awesome. That's really intense. That's pretty great. Pretty great. I'll, um, 
I'll try to remember to share that article, that interview with uh, with our Facebook crowd and Twitter yeah. crowd, so that they can read it further. Because it was a it was a really good interview, and it it spoke a lot about that character and how he's going to be and how everything's going to be going forward. That's great. <clears throat> and that's really that's pretty much the the extent of the news. There are uh, some pictures, some promo pictures for next week's episode of Agent Carter that I'm going to put in to the uh, into the slideshow. There's Civil War promo art that shows Agent Thirteen joining the fray. Who Agent Thirteen mm-hmm. is uh, played by Emily Van Camp. Mm-hmm. She's um, we've seen her in Sharon Carter promo art too, I believe. A little bit, but not much. She was in that uh, one where they're opposed sides, right? I think so, I think yeah. she's in that. Yeah. yeah. And um, Daredevil, or well, I think it was the Daredevil Italian feed, um, posted a season two trailer, or not trailer, God, a season two teaser. Picture. Picture. Earlier today, in fact. Um, the new teaser image is his glasses. Like his, his red. Classic his, Daredevil glasses. His that... red lens glasses. And uh, Are those straight of the comic books. Oh yeah, the little red lens. I mean, they're not circular. They're glasses. not circular like that. In the, oh, okay. In the, I was going to uh, say because it's, it's interesting, especially if they're not from the comics, that they have established that is just who Matt Murdock is. Like yeah. those glasses represent Matt Murdock, <laughs> which they really I, I think do. is really cool. Um, at least in this uh, Netflix universe, the MCU. Uh, well, awesome, man. I think that's pretty much all of our... So check out all those pictures in our feed if you're watching this somewhere where you see it. The uh, the caption, rather, uh, or the caption on that on that Netflix Italian feed is, The balance of Hell's Kitchen isn't destined to last. Mm. And it's his glasses are broken. The balance of Hell's Kitchen isn't destined to last. Yep. Dang, that's heavy. <laughs> that's very heavy. I mean, a lot about a lot about the show is really heavy. Yeah, I mean, just the idea of destiny being in there is 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 a thing too. Like, I don't feel like up till now we've really dealt with destiny so much. So that's kind of an interesting way of putting it. I feel like with certain um, spiritual aspects we're coming to, uh, destiny plays a big role, possibly. Yeah, uh, possibly. Especially I mean, he's with Catholic, Iron Fist so and, you know, predestination. Sure, sure. Uh, being a big thing, I would. Yeah, um, possibly. Possibly, but just yeah. I guess I think of predestination and destiny as kind of two different things. But yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's just interesting wording. Interesting wording. And it is in Italian. That's where the Catholics were born, right? <laughs> where they that's where they were founded. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't. I was. That's where the. That's where the Vatican is. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to a girl one time, and I was. We we're talking about scripture or something, and like we we're talking about Saint Patty's Day. Yes, yeah, Saint Patty's Day. That's what it was. Um, and my uh, favorite drunken holiday. They were asking who Saint Patty was, like who the actual Saint Patrick is in the cast. I was like, I really don't know much about Saint Patrick. Uh, like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not Catholic. I, I don't know anything about uh, really the different saints and everything. Yeah. And then like we looked up a story and like read a little bit about it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that from the Bible. I remember that from the Bible." And I was like, 
Nope, nope, you don't. <laughs> that's, that's not how that works. That's you don't not not from the Bible, but it is, you know. Wasn't he the guy that like drove all the snakes out of Ireland? Yeah, that was the story we looked up. I think. Yeah, it was like snakes out of Ireland, and then it was like, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that from the Bible," and I was like, "No, uh, nope, nope, you don't." At no point did they mention Ireland. <laughs> That's who that's that's who the Bible was mostly about. It's like the the Jews, the Egyptians, the Romans, and the Irish. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely right there with yeah in the in the you know in the BC. <laughs> he drove the snakes out like a while ago. So what? <laughs> it's been a minute. They probably don't even know what snakes look like anymore. All right. I think that's all our news, right? Yeah, there was not a lot of news this week. Let's dig right in. But there was Let's a dig bunch right of... into Agent Carter, man. All right. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud, proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Double uh, proud. Double, double proud. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us, hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, or just call us at 573-CAST-MCU and leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear you guys' feedback. We haven't been getting nearly as much feedback about Agent Carter. Uh, I don't know if that's a reflection of Agent Carter or a reflection of us. We're still getting lots of downloads. Are we but... the only ones watching? <laughs> um, so, yeah, let us know what you're thinking about Agent Carter. We're uh, about to go into talking about that right now. Um if you want to hear a similar podcast about the DC properties coming to film and television, check out the DC On Screen podcast. There are uh, kind of sister podcasts for the the uh, the great Satan that is DC. The great uh, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny uh, that you mentioned that with a Lucifer series being oh, yeah, like, yeah, just yeah, piloted. Right. See, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Did you hear uh, about the uh, the big thing that's going on with DC? No, that it was announced today. The way you said that makes this sound like it's going to be a joke, but go ahead. No, no, it's not actually a joke. The Flash is, or like, Grant Gustin is going to appear on Supergirl as Barry Allen. Nice. Yeah. I didn't hear that, that's but a, that's great. That's a cross-network. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about it ever since, ever since uh, Supergirl came out. They've been asking, is it in the same universe? Are they going to combine those? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but apparently they, apparently they are. That's great. Yeah. I now have to watch Supergirl, I guess. Right? That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. I was like, crap. I've watched all of Flash and Arrow. And, and it's going to come in March. They did the crossover with Constantine, too. Yeah, on Arrow. Which I still haven't watched all of Constantine. I've seen a few episodes. Wasn't my bag, uh, but... Maybe why it got canceled. Now I'm... A lot of people felt that. I still feel like I have to go watch the whole thing, though, because Constantine is... I mean, it's not like me where I'm trying to catch up on Arrow... Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I finished the, I finished the Flash season one, and right about that time, Hulu took down season two, episode one. Oh, and yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> crap! Now I have to pirate. I mean, find another means of legally. It's okay. It's DC. It. We're talking about Marvel. We don't pirate Marvel stuff. We pay for everything. Yeah, absolutely. We only pirate DC things because they're our enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Um. Are you? By the way, since we're talking about DC, have you seen the new D, uh, Suicide Squad trailer? The trailer number two that has like uh, the the Queen song, the Bohemian Rhapsody, happening. Yeah, just mm, uh, looks awesome. Um, looks awesome. I thought, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it looked awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, all a right. lot of people thought it looked awesome. It looked very different from the first trailer. I just, I personally didn't like it that much. Yeah, I'm a sucker for some queen. Yeah. Yeah. I generally am too, but like, 
they just they they messed it up by not just playing the song. They kept chopping out parts of it. Oh no, I don't mind that. I, I mind it a lot. It's part of a trailer. No, it's not. Anyway, I like. You should it. just have the entire song. In I the think trailer. it looks great. Yeah, just instead of uh, don't even show any footage. <laughs> just the music just video. Play Bohemian Rhapsody. That sounds like something Daredevil would. I mean, uh, Deadpool would do. Yeah. Which Deadpool's <laughs> looking amazing too. It really. And that's is. starting in a couple days. So, man. By the way, this is MCU related, so I can I can I, I can loop this back around to the MCU. In the Daredevil, in the Deadpool, I keep saying Daredevil. In the Deadpool trailer, mm-hmm. he is falling off a helicarrier. Have you noticed that? No. There is a shot where he is clearly on the ship, looks exactly like a helicarrier, and it's tipping to the side, and he's holding on to it. And I was like, "That's Shield. That's MCU." Hmm. And I mean, I could even see them. I, they're going to break the fourth wall throughout this whole movie, so I can even see him being like, like traveling to the MCU or something. But I don't think I don't think MCU would go for it. Um, but like, they don't have the rights to helicarriers, as far as I understand. Might be a I don't know I don't know like what the the particular rights are. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It's it's possible there's some like overlap, just like they could both have uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, um, they could both have rights to the helicarriers. But it seems to me that uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has pretty securely uh, <laughs> staked its claim on on Shield and the helicarriers. Yeah, but I mean, I, you I know. would have to. I would have to agree, considering yeah. it's like the focal saving point of the second Avengers movie. Yeah, and. I mean, I mean, just it's got a tele- television show called Shield, yeah. A television show called Agent Carter about the founding of Shield. Uh, a- Agent Coulson is like the 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 glue that held the first movies together. You know, yeah. It just uh, seems like they have definitely made it clear that that I don't know. It would be weird. It's weird to me if there's a helicarrier, but <laughs> it looks like to me like there's a helicarrier. Anyway, that looks like a helicarrier to me. What do you think? I think it looked too stable to be a helicarrier, because if it's... Too stable? No, no, if it's listing like that, then shit's going down. And we saw in Avengers 1, when one engine goes out, things start getting a little out of hand, sure. and it's going to be going a little bit crazy in the sky. Yeah, it looked like that was... When he was hanging was off happening. of it, it was like, it looked like he wasn't moving over that one spot in the city. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. It looked like it, looked like it was all... Everything was falling apart. Anyway, it's uh, if you look up the... Deadpool trailer number three, I guess. TV spot number TV three. TV spot number three. Uh, you can see what I'm talking about. It's like Deadpool hanging off the side of something that I think looks like a helicarrier. Could be. It, it's it's either that or a like aircraft carrier or large boat that's being somehow suspended in the air. <laughs> so Could be why it's listed. I really hope <laughs> Deadpool like mentions other superhero movies. He's already in the in the in the in in some of the materials mentioned the previous Wolverine and X-Men movies. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he does say, I don't have any time for your X-Men bullshit Colossus. Yeah. So there's at least an X-Men reference. Well, yeah, but that's just like, I'm talking about, he breaks the fourth wall. I want him to talk about the movies. Like uh, he right. did that in one of the, in one of the promo spots, he talks about how, um, uh, Wolverine. Yeah, you gave was, us Hugh Jackman. You, it was Australia Day. Oh yeah, it was Australia the Australia Day. Yeah. He talks about Hugh, how Hugh Jackman's a great Wolverine, but you got to understand that movie was a dark time for me. Something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, it's just great. I don't know. I hope they do that. With I hope they have the balls to do that within the movie. You know, like to to really reference 
mo- the movies. And I, I would love to hear him reference the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so anyway, I don't like, know if they'll allow it. Well, you can't. <laughs> they can't really not allow it if he's actually talking about the movies. Like That's they can't. He can't reference their characters or whatever. But he could talk about uh, whatever. He could talk about Chris Pratt. And how his weight loss. So, like, he could talk about, like, how he lost weight to being Guardians. You know, like, whatever. Like, he could talk about, like, other, like, things that happen in the real world. And that's what Deadpool does. So. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be really badass. All right. Let's talk about Agent Carter. You ready? I think I'm ready. Yeah? Yeah. Are you prepared? I'm ready for the smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Okay, so. We're going to have a spoiler alert in three, two, one. Whitney Frost has gone crazy. Whitney Frost is uh, absorbing it, people at is random. an empowered woman, <laughs> and you should just because she's not doing what the men want her to do doesn't mean she's crazy, Jeff. She absorbed all of those rats. Oh yeah, that was real weird. Yeah, I loved that. That that was <laughs> her bringing the rats. Like we said it when we're watching the episode. Progress requires experimentation. Yeah. Um, but that's... <laughs> but it's discovery requires experimentation. Right, right, right. And I mean, the best part about that to me is that when she had the crate of... Or the... the the Yeah, it was a crate. The crate of rats come in. She immediately started writing in the book, like, zero matter experiment number one. Right. Okay. She's now a let's scientist. pick up the rat. <laughs> She's a scientist. And I love how she dealt with that like a scientist would. She yeah. like... Uh, she, I, I, we've seen this before. We've seen lots of movies where the bad guy realizes they have a power, like absorbing humans or whatever, yeah. and they just start using it all willy-nilly. I love to see the realistic side of like someone thinking through, okay, I need to figure out how these powers work. Yeah, what I can need to I figure do? out what activates this. I can't just go absorbing humans. I'll get some rats and just try that. <laughs> we'll start small. We'll start small. And also this big scar on my face, I don't want to grow too fast. Oh, yeah, it seemed to grow. I don't know. It it seemed to grow each time she used the thing, rather than like what amount of mass she took in. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. If she uh, took in all those rats, then it didn't grow very much for all those rats. It was all the way down her face. Well, yeah, but after she absorbed another human, it did that. Yeah, but you watch it; it grows about the same amount that it grew after the first time. Maybe when uh, when she gets that one that first rat in. Maybe it's it's not it's not it's not hard and fast. We didn't see everyone that she did. And, yeah, and we you know, it's not like we're, it's not like I'm measuring, but she's definitely. I think the important thing is that she's ignoring the words of her mother. That her face is more important than her wanting to do what she wants to do. Really, like yeah, that uh, and those flashbacks are like a very important part of it. You get the the distinct like huge gap between her upbringing and Peggy's upbringing and, and her lifestyle yeah, and how she was reluctant sort of to join SOE and eventually SSR. Just it's broad, broad gap there. Yeah. It was just really fun to see. It It was really fun to see Peggy's origins, Yeah, which we've never gotten until now. It was super weird seeing her, just being a fiance, like she's yeah. just a bride. Sure, she's a code breaker, but it's like she's like nervous to go in the field, and she's just so yeah, excited. I don't think I'm engagement. really meant for the field. And uh, I think it would have been, man, they just played it perfectly. Her, 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 her brother dying, 
And it, her brother becoming her, her Uncle Ben storyline, you know? Yeah. Maybe if she'd been cracking code, she could have saved him. Or, like, maybe if she'd been out there, she could have saved him. And, like, with great power comes great responsibility. That's how I took it. Yeah. I mean, um, that's that's kind of the parallel that they're going for. Yeah. I don't know if she could have saved him. But you never know. You, you never, never know. know. Well, like, that's the thing. In those storylines, you always hear about people. They hear about other people pat dying in the field, and that, that they want to be there. They want to help. And she had the opportunity and turned it down. And then her brother died, and it's this sort of like she decides after that moment to go go into the field. I, I just thought it was really, really well done. And then classic you, origin story. Then you think about it, and later, you know, a few years after that happens, she meets Steve Rogers, who is just gung-ho as hell to get into that that sort of combat and like protect people and stop bullies right and at no point ever is she just like you can't do this she's like yeah do what you feel is right yeah Uh, so that gives a lot more depth to her character especially coming from the first avenger into all of this like it's just there's so much to her she's so complex yeah i absolutely agree i think it adds a lot of depth to the Peggy Carter character, um, it just it, it it's more of the same. It's more of the same. We know that she has always had a predilection for like supporting the underdog in Steve Rogers or any 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 woman that's being downtrodden, any racial problem. Like she's a uh, Sousa, like him him being having having the uh, having the the hobble that he has. Um, I believe they call it a handicap. Yeah, the hobble. Um, <laughs> he's hobbled. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, no, yeah, his 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 uh, his physical handicap, and she like so wants to be so wants to see him succeed, and so like yeah. uh, going back to all of that, she's just always had that since her origin, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, I loved her uh, her sword fighting the dragon. Oh yeah, little kid story. It was like, wonderful. Of course, she's gonna be doing that. The way that we know her now, of course, she's going to be fighting the dragon, <laughs> saving the princess. And so we've got her origin story, which I loved. Um, and then we've got Whitney, Whitney Frost's very tragic origin story. Tragic. But in, in a way, she's doing the same thing. Troubled home. She had a troubled home. But in the way, she's kind of doing the same thing that Peggy's doing. She's decided in that moment, when she, I think when she decides to kill... Um, the the thug that they've been torturing. What's his name? Rufus. Rufus. When they when Hunt, he, Mr. Hunt. Okay. When, when when she decides to kill Rufus, I think she's making that same decision because she's literally deciding to use her power, her newfound power, over keeping her face clear. Which her mother always said that was where her power was going to be, yeah. and 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 her deciding to do that is very similar to Peggy deciding to go and be in the war. Instead of staying and being part of um, and starting a family with yeah, this man, being a pretty bride, it's just uh, it's just a great parallel, just a great parallel, parallelly told story. Um, <laughs> we those get to see words. we get to see both sides of the same coin. Well, yeah, and I, I'm I'm really excited to uh, see them. It sets them up as interesting opposites, reflections. Yeah, so to speak, which makes makes their yeah, struggle against one another that I'm sure we're going to see in these next few episodes. To me, it's going to be a lot more interesting. Yeah. Uh, since I think that Peggy, in a lot of ways, is going to identify <laughs> with Whitney, even though 
At least we're going to see the parallels, even if, yeah. they, even if she doesn't, at least on the face of it. Yeah, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of um, like upcoming, like, I understand that you're mad. It's hard to be a woman in a man's world, but you can't just kill people like this. Yeah, that sort of a thing, yeah. But I don't know. It's it's, it's interesting because Peggy probably has a similar, uh, you know, it was the same with Dottie last season. Dottie was the the reflection of her. But this is a lot more deep, a lot more of a deep. This is a personal reflection yeah. rather than like just, just work. Yeah, and just like, oh, it's another woman that can fight good. Yeah. This is someone who's been on a similar path. Yeah. And decided to use her brains and now her superpower. Um Oh, and what do you think about uh, Wilkes, Dr. Wilkes, getting sucked back toward whatever? Or pulled back toward the Void or whatever. The void. Let's not say the Void because there is a Marvel character that is called the Void. <laughs> so we got to be careful here, but there, there, there's some sort of, it almost seems like it's drawing him to hell, which I feel like we're going we're gonna to end up seeing more of ne- t- next week because we barely saw it tonight. It seems like a big a big deal to happen and then barely see. What if it's the dark dimension that he's being pulled toward? I, it's possible. Because of the, the dark energy and, and, and whatnot. Whatever it is, it's very related to what Whitney is going through. Yeah. Um, she's probably sending people to the same place that Wilkes is being drawn toward. <laughs> Whatever that place is. Might be. Um, cause I mean, if you, you remember the, the, like what looked like a scar in reality when he was looking at the, the chalkboard, you remember how that looked? Yeah. That was very similar to the, like the scar in reality from the footage, but also looked a lot like what's on her face. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and it all has the same origins of that, yeah. uh, the dark energy or what do they call it? Zero matter. Zero matter. Zero matter. Whatever it is, whatever the zero matter is, is is causing all of this these rifts. Um, I think uh, the, the so that's all kind of what's going on in the background of this episode. Um, but the episode itself was a lot of fun. I as funny as I find Jarvis, I really like Jarvis. <laughs> he's very he's quite Jarvis. Um, I really like Sousa and her as partners. Yeah. That to me, this they're just a better fit. They, they play off each other better to me. Yeah, and you you know they they've got the tension from where like they they both know that they're attracted to each other. You're pretty sure that she's going to end up with Sousa. Like they're setting it up for him to leave. Seems like it. They're setting it up for know. him to leave his his uh, nurse lady. Yeah, but then he's also seeing her with Wilkes. Yeah, it's true. At the same time, she's like stroking his ghost body. That's a little weird. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> it was, I won't deny it. But like, when when it comes to Sousa, you've got this whole like their chemistry on on screen is just like it's so perfect as far as being teammates. And then when he's mad at her, like you should have called me. You're like apologize to him. You right. say you're sorry right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and get back to work together. Yeah. I just like Sousa in general. Yeah, Sousa is one of my favorite characters on the show. Uh, and it, much because I love that actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair. Yeah. Love that actor. He's just doing a great job. He's so, he's such a human character. Yeah. And you know, he, like he makes the exact same decisions that we all would make. Like, yes, I support Peggy. We have to do it right. We have to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Let's put out a warrant. 
you know, maybe we'll make some mistakes. Didn't think about this guy being on the bad team because apparently now they're realizing that everybody in the world that has any sort of power is in the arena club. Right. Yeah. The, the, the judge, their influence runs deep. Yeah. So are we still feeling like arena club is probably Hydra? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I think so too. Whoa. So much. So, you know, the more and more we learn about them and the more and more, uh, that symbol looks so much like the symbol from Agents of Shield, and it, it could be a coincidence, but I don't know. I doubt it. There are no coincidences in the <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe, sir. I think there are none but... <laughs> ever. It's all planned. Oh yeah. Um, so I, 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 I'm thinking they're still, uh, they're still Hydra and Red, um, the, the character who plays Red. I forget uh, the FBI Vernon. agent Vernon is Vernon that... Masters. Vernon Masters coming from the FBI and uh, shutting them down uh, and, and talking about how, like, I forget what he, exactly he said. He said the like, tidal wave is coming. A tidal wave is coming. Your friends are going to get caught up in it, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, you're going to have a hard time staying afloat. I wonder if that's, like, really Hydra planning to emerge in some way. Um, and eventually that, that, that leads to them just be, becoming S.H.I.E.L.D. almost. Um but I just I wonder where they're going to go until that happens. There's a lot of time between now and Winter Soldier, or between Agent Carter and Winter Soldier. So there's a lot well, to no, play but, on. But whenever Shield is founded, yeah, I know, is when they pretty much become Shield. Like they they are the power behind Shield in a lot of ways from the earliest points. That they're at least they're they're guiding it. Yeah. So, so I'm interested to see how that happens and if. How does Peggy not see it if she's already onto the Arena Club? If they're Hydra, which they're we Hydra. think they're Hydra, they're Hydra. They have to be. Yeah. So Otherwise, like, none of this makes any sense. Yeah, especially they're going on communist hunts. Which last season we had the communist issue with with Dottie with Leviathan, Leviathan. Um, and so I don't think it's going to be communists again. I think it's going to be probably Hydra, the Red Skull. <laughs> Sorry. That was really dumb, fun. <laughs> um, yeah. This, a, this episode was real good. There could be another Red School. They, didn't it pass down in some ways? In the uh, there was a guy that, in the comics, there was a guy that was like a pretender while um, Johann Schmidt was gone for a little bit. Okay. He was just kind of like, I'm the Red Skull. I'm the communist Red Skull from Russia. That'd be interesting if they went there. <laughs> Honestly, it would be kind of interesting, um, but I'm I'm loving uh, Whitney is like developing as a pretty solid supervillain this this season. Yeah, she's going to be Madame Mask. Yeah, which I thought was great because they kept. Um, I thought it was great that they kept kind of like plugging that, like giving like dropping little hints, like with the um, the theater masks in the reflection and oh, like yeah. when it panned over. I was like, ah ha ha, masks. She's going to wear one. She's going to wear one. It's going to be great. Awesome. I don't know that she's actually going to wear one because there were like interviews talking about like, is Whitney Frost going to wear the mask? Is Madame Mask going to wear the mask? And they're like, maybe. Maybe. Remember? It's a good throwback. It's our version of it. Definitely like, possible. Mm-hmm. And those masks can be real creepy. So yeah, I think uh, there's definitely a possibility of it. Well, man, what did you think of this episode? What was your, uh, how does it stand in the it, world of Agent Carter? It just, it it plugged along exactly where it needed to and told exactly the story it needed to. And it was as entertaining as it needed to be to keep me wanting more for the next, yeah, the next bit. 
So it was like bare minimum for you? It was not bare minimum. <laughs> it did the job. Like, it did what it's supposed to do. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I agree. I, I actually, wouldn't say that it's like, you know, top of the line as far as Agent Carter goes, but it was definitely good. I think I probably would. I would I, say 7.5. I would, uh, I'm not, I'm not down on Agent Carter overall. I like Agent Carter, but it is, I don't like it as much as I like S.H.I.E.L.D. And I found myself this week really caring when her brother died. Like, I actually yeah. got emotional, um, which I just find myself actually caring about the characters this episode. Um, so I thought it was really cool. Really, yeah. really good. Um, I always enjoy them. I was especially Jarvis and her was banter, but um, th- this week I-, I found myself really getting emotionally invested in her story and in Whitney's story, for that matter. Yeah. So, really, really. Cool. I find Jarvis Jarvis as comic relief is kind of like, as, like it's kind of shocking that he is the comic relief, hmm. but I feel like that's all he is most of the time. Well, no, it's it's shocking that somebody so serious can be comic relief. Uh, if you like, if you know, if if you're familiar with the character, like he was not always. Com- I mean, stuff that he did was occasionally funny, but he's not like supposed to be funny, right? Like he's not funny. He's not trying to make jokes, is, right. what, is what you're getting at. I think, but he is. I think he's been funny since the beginning. He's always been. He's like, incidentally funny. Yeah, yeah. And the koala bit. The koala bit. Koala this bit was really funny. Was so funny. It belies a much darker demeanor or something like that. Vicious temperament. The, yeah, the, the, his cuteness belies a much uh, a vicious, a much more, more vicious, vicious temperament. temperament. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> decidedly four. <laughs> In this and case, then she I shot him. Decidedly four. She shot him with a dart enough to take down a rhino. She said, "Yeah." I don't think that he would have stood through that. Yeah, well, he didn't. He falls, says Jarvelous, and then he falls down. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, Hunt. When she was like, oh, that that was enough to take down a rhino. And he kept plugging along. I don't know if that was uh, was actually a dose of a rhino. (laughs) I think that was just a figure of speech, probably. Probably. (laughs) But regardless, he's apparently a powerful, powerful beast of a man. That got completely erased from existence. That's right. So does, or so from what it looks like. What it looks like, yeah. Could have just been sucked into the negative zone. Yeah. Let's not say the negative zone. Because <laughs> that's... That's a thing. A thing we got to worry about, too. Uh, cool, but that's man. That's a fantastic core thing. Yeah. So. Which is probably not going to make it into this. Might make it into Deadpool. He's bringing all kinds of things, it seems like. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, I... I Dark Dimension. That's what I got to say about uh, this this week's Agent Carter. I'm really else? looking forward to the next episode. The next episode actually has um, her in a disguise again. So, oh yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. There's there's some uh, set photos of her, or yeah, some some, some gonna pr- be promo in, uh, photos out. It's going to be in the the slideshow on yeah. Blog Talk. Well, if you're listening to this right now, you can probably look at your device and see them. Uh, but yeah, she's in she's in disguise again, so that's pretty sweet. Um, all right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in this week. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and we would love to talk to you again next week. Please uh, send in your uh, feedback if you have anything to say about Agent Carter. Because tell us how week... much you love it. Yeah, yeah. This week was a little bit bare. This week was, yeah. It's like our first week without without significant feedback in a while. So, uh, if you guys are out there and watching this show, let us know. I'm just worried that nobody's watching the show. Yeah, me too, a little bit. I'm a little worried it's like an indicator. <laughs> like, Our lack of feedback is an indicator that 
nobody's it, watching. Like, well, if if, <laughs> if our if our listeners are not watching, like, who who is? You know, like, yeah. Because um, so, our listeners are the only people that watch shows, apparently. Well, I just mean like, if you're an, a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this would be the show a show you'd watch. You know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, anyway, thank you guys for joining us so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, all those places at MCU Cast, or call us at Cast 573 Cast MCU to leave some feedback. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.